0: I'm your private dancer, dancer for money. Do what you want me to do. I'm imitating Tina Turner today, y'all, because I got a chest cold. everybody, welcome to Ask for Candy, where we talk about healing, self-care, love, sex, relationships, and what it takes to be amazing on a daily. Who I am is candace Harper, lovecoach.com, honey. And my purpose with this podcast is to create healthy, romantic relationships all around the world through self-love soul connections and sweetness but before we get to that don't forget to subscribe to our audio broadcast ask for candy on anchor on apple podcasts on spotify wherever you normally download your podcasts also i love it when you email me you can email me at ask for candy podcast at gmail.com and you can leave comments ask questions and you know i'll use your comments and questions for topics in a later show because that's what i do Sometimes I'll answer the questions as well, but usually I just make it a topic because you know I'm long-winded. I can't just answer your question in a few sentences. I got to give it an hour. And so, you know, if you you email me, just keep listening because you'll hear the answer to whatever it is you're asking. Those of you who've been listening, you know that for almost nine years, I have been a relationship coach and a group workshop facilitator. I'm also a hypnotherapist who specializes in RTT, rapid transformational therapy, taught by Marissa Peer, the famous Marissa Peer. And I'm an executive luxury matchmaker with Select Date Society. And you can check us out at selectdatesociety.com. Get in the database if you are single and looking, if you think you might want a matchmaker for yourself. And so all of this is how I live into my purpose, the purpose of healing the past, loving myself unconditionally, and inspiring others to do the same, using our romantic lives as a field of creativity, an inspiration, a, a catalyst to our highest possible self. And you know that relationship work is my zone of genius. And the best part about it is that week to week, I get to grow and learn as I interact with hundreds of people around the most intimate parts of their lives. I get to take people on their journey from caterpillar to butterfly, from unhappy with love or their love lives or their partners to ecstatic. I get to teach people how to get out of their own way and tap into love as a limitless resource. Most importantly of all I get to do is to be part of what supports healthy beginnings and sustainably healthy relationships. Specifically, I get to teach perfectionistic people how to heal the past, love ourselves unconditionally, and start over from a clean slate every damn day. Now, I don't know if y'all can hear it. I have am coming down from a chest cold. I sound a lot worse than I am. It was a very rough week as far as, you know, just the dry hacking cough so much so that I went and got a COVID test because I was like, am I am I succumbing to the Rona? I couldn't tell, but it turned out the COVID test was negative. No COVID. I am vaccinated. You know, not that that would keep me from having it, but you know, I, it's not a COVID problem. I think it's like maybe a hay fever, like sinus infection from hay fever because I get allergies, some sort of chest cold. It's working its way out though. Not to give you too much information, I know you don't want all my personal business when it comes to that, but it is working its way out of my body. And, um, you know, I'm I'm on the mend. So hopefully you can be with my little Brenda Vaccaro thing I got going on. I know I'm dating myself, Brenda Vaccaro, I, and I think of like Harvey Fierstein also dating myself. I mean, who has a very scratchy, gravelly voice that is that is, you know, of this day and age? <laughs> I can only think of people back. I'm like Carol Channing, Brenda Vaccaro. Was it Carol? Yes, Carol Channing had a scratchy voice. I'm old, y'all. If y'all know somebody, if you're younger than I am, and you know of somebody who has a very gravelly, scratchy voice, that's what I'm serving today. A little Tina Turner, a little Brenda Vaccaro. Anyway, so I don't know, if you've been listening for a while, you know, a long time ago, I did a show called Who's Really the Prize. That's when I used to work with Solivity Magazine and, you know, talked about it with my Brian from Solivity Magazine. We had a whole conversation about, you know, who's really the prize. We got women saying they're the prize, men saying they're the prize, you know, coming from this sort of like narcissistic place, like I'm the prize, so you need to do for me or, you know, I need to, to sit back and have you show me how great you are. And that show was specifically about getting out of that narcissistic paradigm of feeling like you're the prize, like, you know, what really makes you the prize, right? And I want to speak specifically today to my people who've been single for a long time. Because I think when you've been single for a long time, you're either in that that mindset of, I am the prize, so I don't accept anybody else, and my requirements are very stringent, and I'm not going to compromise on anything whatsoever. I think the longer that we are single, a lot of times the more stringent we become with our requirements of what another person might have, especially when you become a happy single person. It's like then the requirements go higher and higher and higher. And so, you know, what I want to have a conversation about, what I want to talk about is understanding why you are a prize, what makes you a prize, what really, you know, makes you valuable in a partnership, what makes you somebody that somebody else would want to be with, speaking to both, you know, uh, symbolic parties, let's say in a relationship. So it's not that you have to work hard to be great for someone else. But I, I, you know, of course I have a list of things that if you recognize these things in yourself, you know that you are a prize. The things that make you a prize, even though you've been single for a long time. And I know that a lot of these things are true about you all because you listen to this show And, you know, if what I say a lot of times in this show resonates with you, then you know that you are probably very much a prize person. You very much are a prize. Now, knowing that you're a prize doesn't give you license to then behave like you know you're a prize. Because then as soon as we start to do that, we take ourselves right out of prizedom. (laughs) And by that I mean, you know, that, that... expectation that someone show up a certain way that proves that you're a prize. So as soon as I say, oh, you know, I am this great person. I am so fantastic. The moment that I put my expectations external of me, because I am so fantastic, you must be this, that, and the other thing, then I have completely negated everything that makes me a prize, right? It's almost like when I'm someone who considers myself to be growth-minded or elevated or, you know, someone who is um becoming more and more emotionally intelligent the more that i cast judgment on others or look down on others the less i i the less growth i'm experiencing the more i regress back to my old ways if i'm sitting and, and saying someone else is not as elevated as i am then all of a sudden i'm no longer elevated because i'm sitting in judgment and it works the same way with knowing that you are a prize Right. As soon as I know I'm a prize, if I look at you and say I'm too much of a prize for you, I'm certainly no longer a prize because I'm sitting in judgment of someone else. But let's talk about like, Let's talk about it. What is it that makes us a prize? How do you know? How do you know you're a prize? The first thing is because you appreciate that which you think is supposed to, and I'm putting that in air quotes, supposed to be done for you. Right, and and here's the thing about when you've allowed yourself a period of of aloneness, when you've been single for a long time, you are a prize. When your singlehood has you knowing how to have gratitude and appreciation for how someone else shows up for you. So you know, being out there with an expectation that someone you meet is this is just as an example. Is super chivalrous that they go out of their way, they open doors for you, they pay, they're, you know, um, just very kind and chivalrous. To have that expectation that someone else be that way because I'm a prize, that's a narcissistic perspective. Now, it might be something that aligns with who you are and how you treat yourself. And if someone's willing to offer you that alignment, then the idea is to have gratitude and appreciation for it. I'm a prize when I know how to have gratitude and appreciation for how someone shows up in my life that aligns with me. If I know that I love myself enough to treat myself well, that I deserve to be treated well, and I, and I align with that on my own, and then someone else comes into my life and they recognize that I'm someone who treats themselves well and is, is worthy of being treated well, and they act according to that. It's my gratitude and appreciation of the ways that they do that that make me a prize, not my expectation that they do it. Ooch, ah, we just getting started, honey. So yeah, gra- having gratitude and appreciation, that makes you just a wonderful person. Everybody loves people who have a lot of gratitude and appreciation. And everybody, ourselves included, feels good when someone acknowledges and appreciates that we that we value them right i mean not those are those are aspects of love that is what makes somebody a prize being able to appreciate and have gratitude for the good things or the things that align with who i am in my life so the next thing is because you take responsibility for your feelings you are a prize when you don't need to make somebody else wrong You don't need to shame anybody, you don't need to blame anybody for why you feel what what it is that you feel, right? And when you've been alone for a long time, alone long enough to know that your feelings are generated from your own thoughts and beliefs about you, not by someone else. And that's the thing about being alone. You don't stop having your emotions when you're alone. So what you get to figure out when you've been single for a long time is that your annoyances, your judgments, your emotions, your sadness, your anger, your happiness, your fun times, your cheer are not reliant on that other person. They are 100% reliant on you and how you're perceiving life, right? On your perspective of life. And when you don't have a partner, you get to see that you know putting the blame on someone else, something outside of you, uh, because of what someone else did is is just an exercise in futility. Because even without someone with you, and and you know, I'm mainly talking to people who are single and living alone. Because a lot of times, people who are single and let's say live with family or roommates or friends or whatever. If they want to blame their feelings on other people, it doesn't have to be a romantic partner. They'll blame them on whoever they can. They'll blame it on, on siblings. They'll blame it on parents. They'll blame it on friends, roommates. You know, if, if we want to have bad feelings and we don't want to take responsibility for them, it's very easy for us to blame anyone. But I think something about being single for a long time when you live on your own... You get to realize that you still have your ebbs and your flows, your emotions, your ups and downs, regardless of whether somebody's living with you. So what does that mean? Your feelings are generated by you. You're like, what are you talking about, Candace? What if I have a partner who treats me badly and does bad things? Your reaction, your response to it has everything to do with how you frame it and what you make it mean. And I've talked about this before, like as human beings, right? We are meaning-making machines. We make meaning out of everything. So if I have a partner who doesn't act right, in quotes, air quotes, whatever right may be, whatever I've decided right may be, or whatever we've decided right might be together, what am I making it mean when they don't do the do, do the things that I want them to do? Am I making it mean that they don't love me, therefore I'm unlovable? Am I making it mean that Um, you know, there's no connection between us because they're not doing it the way that I would want them to do it. Am I making it mean that there's something wrong with them? And as soon as I'm judging something wrong with them, that means I'm projecting something's wrong with me onto them. You didn't know about that, did you? We could do a whole nother show about that, that projection thing. When we're talking about how wrong somebody else is and what's wrong with somebody else, it's all projection, honey. It's all projection. If you don't believe me, the next time you're pointing a finger and saying, oh, you did this, you did that, change the sentence around and say, I did this, I did that, even if it sounds crazy. But try it on and see. See what comes up for you. See how it sounds true. See how it's possible that you could be doing all of the things that you're accusing another person of doing. Right? So I say all of that to say, you find out when you're alone for a long time if you allow yourself to, that your emotions are generated by you and your thinking, your thoughts, your belief, your beliefs about different things, not around what other people do or say. It's just easy and convenient when you're in a partnership to use what other people do and say as the fuel or to blame or to, or to make what other people do and say, give them the responsibility for how we feel. But if you're a prize and I know you are as a prize, you take responsibility for all your own shit. Now, that doesn't mean that if somebody you are in a partnership with is horrible in the sense that they do things that are that are, you know, abusive, like hurt you physically, say things in order to put you down or invalidate you, all of that stuff, that doesn't mean that you're you're ice cold and you should never feel anything, but if you really are a prize and you really do love and care about yourself, you recognize that stuff as out of alignment with you and you don't internalize it, you don't make it true, you just recognize that it's out of alignment with you and then based on what your situation is, you decide what to do from there, you make choices about what to do from there, right? but you don't say, Oh, you know, you made me feel such and such because as long as I'm here for you to do it and engaging in it, it's I have to make myself feel it. I have to make it mean that I'm worthless. I have to make it mean that I deserve your abuse. I have to make it mean that the things that you say, I have to fight fight you for because part of me believes it's true. Like I have to take responsibility for all of that. And I know it sounds crazy because it's so You know, prevalent to say, well, if someone's horrible or they're abusive, then they are the villain and I am the victim and it's that black and white. But, you know, it really takes a lot of volunteering in a relationship for someone to continually treat you bad. It takes a lot of volunteering, it takes a lot of engaging, a lot of signing on for it, a lot of being there for it. And I'm not saying that to make anybody wrong or to blame any victims or anything like that, but if you know I'm the prize, if I'm truly a prize, and I know this to be true, and something's out of alignment with me, I can't engage in it. I don't engage in it. I can't be there with it. I can't be there for it. And whatever that means, as far as not engaging with it anymore, that's something that you have to choose for yourself. But if you've been single for a long time, and you know that you are a prize, You know that you are worthy. You know that you are in alignment with something great. You also know that other people, no matter how close they are to you, don't get to dictate what emotions you can and cannot generate, right? And those who try to uh, elicit or trigger negative emotion within you, when you know you're a prize, you don't really stick around with them for too long right and a real prize doesn't really you know stick around for too long and if someone's really abusive and they're they're actually they do actually have a prize they would they don't even know how to recognize it and you know that because they're being abusive right oh what a slippery slope we go down it's like a rabbit hole when we start talking about this stuff but it all comes back down to taking responsibility for your feelings without needing to put the blame anywhere else, knowing that I am making someone else's behavior mean something to me and using that as a catalyst for my healing because I, ha- I don't need to make anyone else's behavior mean anything about me, even the positive stuff, right? That's not what love and connection is. What love and connection is, is that I express myself onto you in, in a loving way because that's what I choose to do. And what makes a partnership is that we both are choosing to do that. Does that mean everything's perfect all the time? No. But when things are imperfect and there is conflict and we do disagree, I don't make it mean anything that's out of alignment with what I want this relationship to be. I don't make it mean that you don't love me because you don't put the toilet seat down. I don't make it mean that because you didn't, you know, remember all the ways that I like things to be done that it means that you don't care about me because that, that thought, that set of beliefs, me making it mean that makes me behave in a way that doesn't work in the relationship. I take responsibility for how I feel about something and I say to myself, okay, this thing this person is doing, I don't like it, so why don't I like it? What's going on with me? Well, because when they do it, it makes me feel like, or I'm letting it make me feel like they don't care about me when they do this thing. So why am I making it mean that? Well, because there's some old story in my history that says when someone doesn't, you know, do chores around the house or when someone doesn't include you in certain decisions, That means they don't care about you. And I know that from the past. So that's what's happening now. And so that's what it means. And so I blame that person for how I feel. And that's what we do to ourselves. Rather than, I am making this mean this thing right now. And I get that it's from the past. And it doesn't really mean this thing. Because I know what's true about me. I know that I'm valuable. I know that I'm worthy. I know that I love myself. And I can trust that and how this person shows up in order to love me and how they express themselves, I only really have to focus on what works and what I like about it. And if there's enough of what I like about it, then we don't have a problem. If there's nothing that aligns with how I love myself, then maybe we're not meant to be together. And that's okay. But when you've been single for a long time, you get to learn how to take responsibility for your feelings in that way. I think we're only on number two, y'all. There's so much to go. (laughs) But we are already digging kind of deep. So um, another thing that says that you are a prize, especially when you've been single for a long time, because you've learned not to expect, and this goes back to the responsibility thing, you've learned not to expect other people to fix your moods. So I have a really great client who I love and adore who, you know, She's she's. we've been working together because one of the big things she wanted to have a breakthrough in is her communication with her partner, who she's thinking will probably end up being her husband, which will be great. You know, they've been together for a little while. And one of the things she keeps running into is this expectation that he fix her moods. You know, she has a long, hard day at work. She comes home. They don't live together, but, you know, they might have plans or something. And if he doesn't show up for the plans or, or you know, cancels or can't do what she wants him to do for extraneous reasons, um, you know, there's an upset because she feels like, okay, we were going to get together. Now you're not, you're not doing it. You don't want to do it anymore for whatever reason. And I'm feeling stressed out. And I was hoping you were going to come and calm me down. So that all sounds so reasonable, right? Like, that's what you do in a relationship, Candice. You take care of each other's feelings. Uh-uh, honey. That's not what you do with somebody who's not willing to take care of their own feelings. Right? You can't be in a relationship with someone fixing their moods if they're not willing to fix their own mood. It doesn't work to be in a place of expecting somebody to have you be in a good mood, to make you be in a good mood. You know, I was in a relationship with somebody who always had a sour puss on his face. And he would say like, you know, like if I'm in a bad mood, you don't do anything to try to make me feel better. And I would say, well, and that was untrue because there were times when I did, times when I didn't. But if, if you're in a bad mood, are you waiting for me to do things to bring you out of it? Like with You're not doing anything to take yourself out of it? I'm supposed to change how you think and feel and see things? It's impossible. <clears throat> it's impossible to change how, how someone thinks and feels and sees things who is not looking to change how they feel and think and see things. So, you know, as a coach, I do transformation all the time. I can transform someone's thoughts, but not if they don't volunteer. I always ask for permission to coach because if you're not asking for it, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings cannot be changed because that's how we're wired. That's how we work. So when we set up our partner to ha- you know with this expectation that you have to be a certain way so that I can be happy. You have to show up with this that and the other so that I can get out of my bad mood. You know I have anxiety. It's up to you to calm me down. That's not true unless you are willing to make the effort to do it for yourself. That's not true unless you are willing to um you know be in a moment and 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 support yourself in changing your mind, changing your mood, and feeling differently. There has to be an inkling of you who's willing to do that. You have to be able to say to someone, okay, I want you to support me in in changing how I feel right now. You don't have to use those words if you don't want to use personal growth words. But I want you to support me in changing how I feel right now. I want you to help me with this. And help me means that I'm going to be doing it too. Not I expect you to do it for me. I expect you to do it for me in the face of my resistance. Here I am in a bad mood. Put me in a good mood. Here I am, you know, humorless. Make me laugh. That's not what we're supposed to do to our partners. That's not what we're supposed to do to our friends. It's not what we're supposed to do to our family members. This expectation that they fix us, they fix our moods. But if you've been single for a long time, hopefully you've learned how to do that yourself whether it's through feeling your feelings and and going ahead and processing, allowing your feelings to move through you and do the job they're there to do, or questioning your beliefs or your sabotaging stories, being able to say, wait a second, what am I believing about this moment that has me in this crabby, crabby mood or has me feeling sad or depressed or just taking me down, taking me down to a road of anxiety? What's going on with me? That I'm believing what I'm believing. Let me question it. Is it true? Is it really true? You, you might be doing it that way. That's something you learn when you let yourself be single for a while. Or it might just be about taking better care of yourself. How are you eating? Are you working out? Maybe you haven't been exercising. Maybe you haven't been getting enough sleep, <clears throat> drinking enough water. You know, when you've been single for a long time, you start to learn because you're not blaming somebody else for how you feel. You start to learn the things you need to do in order to fix your own moods. You start to learn how to support yourself in altering your mind state. And people want to avoid that. They want something outside of them to do that. And so often we put so much pressure on our partners, our romantic prospects. Make me happy. He doesn't make me happy. He doesn't fill my tank. He doesn't blah, 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 blah. She doesn't make me happy. She doesn't fill my tank. She doesn't, you know, do it the way I want her to do it, so, that I, so I'm, uh, therefore I'm unhappy. I mean, that's the crux of it all. You're not a prize when you're saying things like that. We can't be a prize while we're walking around having expectation that someone make us be happy or peaceful or joyful. That's not prize behavior. It's really not. I wonder, y'all, you have to let me know if the scratchiness sounds sexy or if it sounds crazy. Because I feel like it makes me sound crazy, like like overtired or something. But then sometimes say, oh, a little bit of a gravelly voice is sexy. I don't know, y'all have to let me know. But yeah, so you're not a prize when you're expecting somebody else to fix your moods for you. You're a prize when you know how to support yourself in fixing your own moods and you know you can you can request that somebody support you with it and come along for the ride and if they're if they're willing to do that then they are a prize someone's like oh you know i'm trying to make myself feel better and i'm doing such and such and you know you want to join me because i'm i just want to be in a happy mood and i know being with you is going to have me you know feeling happy it's going to support me in feeling happy because that's all i'm about right now i just want to feel good then there you go. That's the secret sauce, honey. Let's do this together. I'm on board. You don't have to do it for me. Let's do it together. Let's get this mood right. Let's let's get feeling good together. Feeling good together, yes, 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 yes. That is what relationships are meant to be. Feeling good together. Now that doesn't mean that every moment is perfect. Doesn't mean that you never have problems but the baseline is that we are together to feel good together, to be good together, not to take each other down, not to you know make each other wrong, make each other responsible for fixing each other. And you know this, because you didn't stop having your feelings in your singlehood while you've been alone. Your feelings still came up. Like I said, you had to learn how to navigate them. <clears throat> Oh Lordy, 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 we're only on number three. All right, number four, be because you are gracious with yourself and others, you are a prize. And you know this. You are gracious. You know how to give yourself grace. You have learned this through your aloneness to give yourself grace. Whether it's giving yourself grace in learning how to do things or processing your feelings or you know, your ruminating thoughts. How you deal with your thoughts, your thoughts and your beliefs, finding workability, growing yourself up, being conscious of your emotional intelligence. You are gracious with yourself even if you fall short, even if you fall backwards. I fall backwards all the time. I got into a crazy conflict last week, last weekend with a woman because I accidentally tapped her, her um, her rear view mirror with the passenger side uh, door of my friend's car. And she immediately, you know, I mean, it was just a light tap. You know, I'm a New Yorker, we're from New York. People bump into people's cars and stuff all the time. Nobody cares, nobody says anything just because it's New York living, right? And it was just a light tap, there was no damage. But she got very irate. I'm living in Virginia now and people are very uh, precious with their cars. And my initial reaction was, was like, you're so dramatic, like get over yourself. And I didn't take a moment to just breathe and say, you know what, whatever this woman is going through, I, don't, I can just have grace. I can have grace with myself for the little mistake and I can have grace with her for being very precious about her car and whatever she might be going through. And my friend actually made a good point. She's like, we don't even know if that woman is someone who never gets heard. And, you know, makes a big deal out of a small thing because she's not used to being heard. Maybe people are, you know, people in her life are just not, uh, you know, listening to her, to her, what's important to her. You know, and so there was a moment for me to... Be gracious, gracious with myself for, for you know tapping her uh, rear view mirror, or you know side mirror, I guess it's a side mirror, for tapping her side mirror. and then gracious with her for having such a, a reaction, like a visceral reaction as if I was like as if I keyed her car or as if I was like out to damage her car. You know like I, I have learned through singlehood and I have learned through the time that I've taken on my own that giving grace is a solution creator but that doesn't mean that every single moment i know to do it or that i do it right away or that it's my knee-jerk reaction because i'm still learning and in just recognizing that that's giving myself grace recognizing that i'm on a learning journey we're all on a learning journey and it's not about being some perfect angel saint who re- reacts to everything perfectly, always does the right thing. It's just not about that. It's about being able to be gracious with ourselves and others and doing what we know to do and practicing what we know to do more and more until we begin to master it. And guess what? As soon as we master one thing, then there becomes something else that we need to master because that's life. We continue to grow, right? And I think, you know, when you've been single for a long time, you get an opportunity to get very aware, very present to what it means to be gracious with yourself if you allow yourself to. And that makes you a prize. Because when you can be gracious with yourself, you can be gracious with others. You can be uh, accepting and allowing with others, right? You can let people just be who they are this insistence that people must be what we need them to be, it takes us down. It will take you down. It's controlling. It's manipulative. It'll make you sick. It'll have you overwhelmed. It'll have you worried, stressed out, um, that there's some ideal that somebody else is supposed to be meeting. And you know that you're having that when you just have an expectation that people behave a certain way, whatever that way might be. Because we all come from different perspectives, different backgrounds, different everything. And so when my expectation is that other people behave in the way that I think that they should behave, I am setting myself up for constant annoyance, unhappiness, anger, (laughs) disappointment, all that stuff. But when I can be gracious with the fact that everybody's different and everybody shows up in different ways and that's all okay, it's all exactly what it's meant to be, I am a prize, specifically in a relationship, because I'm not there to try to fix that person. I'm not there to try to alter their behavior. I'm there to be an expression of love and acceptance. And I know you're like, Candace, they're going to treat you like a doormat. They're going to walk all over you. They're going to do horrible things. If that's the belief, if that's the framing, you're absolutely right, because what we believe is true. So, If I believe for myself that my being gracious, my being compassionate, my being kind and accepting and letting a person be who they are means that they are gonna then uh, be abusive or take advantage of my life or do all kinds of things that that aren't right, not only am I taking all the responsibility off of myself for my thoughts and beliefs, I'm also setting myself up for what I believe to be true. So I'm gonna react to the world in that way. So that means I'm going to hold back on compassion. I'm going to hold back on kindness. I'm going to hold back on love and acceptance. I'm not going to be able to be unconditional. And I'm going to attract everything that comes from holding back all of those feelings. And who am I being when I'm holding back compassion? I'm impatient. I'm not empathetic. I'm, you know, chastising maybe, punishing a little bit, right? Who am I being when I'm holding back trust? I'm suspicious, I might be you know, even a little critical, I might say some things that aren't so nice, judgmental again, and so if I have to be all of those things because I can't be who I truly would wanna be because I'm so busy protecting myself, what am I attracting when I'm behaving like I can't trust people? What am I attracting when I won't be unconditional, when I won't be accepting? I'm, I'm attracting the mirror. I'm attracting the same thing. It's tough stuff. This ain't for the weak. Like my, one of my favorite comedians, David Arnold, always says. He always says marriage ain't for the weak. None of this relating relationship stuff is for the weak. None of it is for the weak. This is tough ass stuff, being in full acceptance and being unconditional. Not needing for people to behave the way you want them to. Very tough stuff, but it's what makes you a prize. It's what makes you a prize. And when you're willing to just live in your prizehood, you attract other prizes. I know it sounds so airy-fairy, but that's how we manifest. You have to vibe on the level of what you want, what you want, what you want. So you gotta be gracious with yourself, gracious with others and gracious even when you have found yourself not being gracious, give yourself grace around that. <clears throat> Another way that you know that you are a prize, because you're not trying to prove yourself worthy to anyone. You're not going out of, wo- out of your way to prove yourself worthy. And you're talking to someone who many times has tried to prove in themselves worthy, worthy to someone who was not worthy because they didn't already see me as worthy right? So they may be worthy to somebody else, but somebody who doesn't see you and recognize you as valuable and worthy, they're not worthy. So why are you working to be worthy? If you're in your authentic, authenticity, your authentic self, your full authentic flow, being who you are, being exactly who you are, how you are, unapologetically you, Loving yourself, loving and accepting yourself, and just being exactly who you are. Anybody worthwhile is going to see you as valuable on their own. You don't have to prove it to them. You don't have to go out of your way to make sure they know it. You just got to just keep being who you are, loving and accepting of yourself and they will recognize you as valuable and worthy. If they recognize themselves as valuable and worthy, they will recognize it in you as well. And if they don't, you don't want to be with them. They're not your prize. You are a prize to anyone who looks at who you authentically are and sees value in it. You are a prize to anyone who they need no proof. They need no proof. They just need to be in your space and, and see you and talk to you and recognize that you are valuable. Oh, there goes the German Shepherd. German Shepherd, you're valuable. He's valuable because he barks at strangers and tries to protect me. He's also valuable just because he is. So yeah, that's, that's you know, the proving ourselves worthy You're not a prize when you're proving yourself. When you're trying to show somebody how great you are, you're trying to show somebody that you're a prize. And as soon as you're in that headspace, why don't he know I'm a prize? Why don't she know I'm a prize? Why can't they see it? You're not a prize when you're thinking like that. They can't see it because you're not being a prize. When you're trying to like overachieve, overdo it, compromise your values, be what you think that person wants. It makes me think of that Alicia Keys song. Are you gonna see me when light gets dark? The sun goes down over Gramercy Park. And it's become easy to hide pieces away, making up someone in the hopes that you'll stay. Cause I've been trying to be everything I think you want me to be. I've been doing all the things that I think you wanna see. I've been trying to fulfill you with your every need. Now you've fallen for a person that's not even me. Said you've fallen for a person that's not even me. I had to give y'all a little song interlude. But that's what that reminds me of. That's why I love that song. Trying so hard to prove ourselves valuable, prove ourselves worthy. You don't have to do that when you're a prize. Just be. Just be authentic. Be exactly who you are in alignment with who you are. Loving and accepting who you are ashe (laughs) that way you only have to just be ready to care about another person for who they are another reason you're a prize is because you trust and you honor yourself enough to trust and honor others so you know that you have become a badass at pulling through and whether it's from crappy past relationships or situationships that didn't go so great you know that you will be fine in this love game. And I say all of that, especially for those of us who've been single for a while, you know that you will be fine because you have survived it and been fine. And so why it's important to trust yourself is because what we think is mistrust of others is a mistrust of ourselves. Like we're we're masters at projecting feelings onto other people. And so, you know, what it is is that we think that whatever another person will do to us, that we can't make, we won't make it through. We can't stand the pain. We don't want to go through it. It'll be too much for us. It'll hurt too much. We won't be able to to withstand it. Like, that's the story. That's why it looks like it's mistrust of others. Well, I'm not just going to let somebody hurt me. I'm not just going to let somebody hurt me is fear. The voice of fear saying, it, because if they hurt me, then I'm going to be so damaged I won't be able to recover, right? But that's why they say what we fear we manifest. And It goes back to what I was talking about before. When I am closing myself off to defend myself, you know, protect your heart. When I'm doing all of that stuff to keep someone else from hurting me, I'm cutting myself off from the possibility of someone being able to love me. And it's because I don't trust that I will survive whatever it is I think that person can do to me. Right? And it's such a paradigm wrapped in an an enigma. Because, you know, with that mistrust, like I was saying earlier, comes a lot of behaviors, negative behaviors, that actually invite people who can't be trusted. That actually attracts people who can't be trusted. It vibes on the level of mistrust. So if I have to check phones, if I have to, you know, question you, if I have to, um, you know, put locators on you, if I'm skeptical of everything that you say to me, I could be dealing with someone who can be trusted, but that kind of treatment is going to turn anybody into a dishonest person. Because who wants to be manipulated and controlled like that? Who wants to be telling the truth and be vulnerable around someone who's trying to manipulate them? Somebody who's trying to, to clock their every move. Or control their every move because they don't trust. Right? And this is men to women, women to men. It works both ways. You are a prize when you trust and you honor yourself. And when you do it enough that you know that you can trust and honor others. Meaning that you don't hang all your expectations and hopes and dreams on someone else. But that you can trust that there's nothing they can do that's going to pull you out of alignment. You know yourself. You love yourself. You accept yourself. You are in alignment with who you are. There's no one, no one, no one who can pull you out of that alignment. And I would sing a little bit of no one, but my chest cold says, no, you can't go that high. (laughs) For the Alicia Keys fans. (laughs) So yeah, you got to know that you're going to be fine in this love game trust and honor yourself. That's what makes you a prize. Also, what makes you a prize is you know who you are, you love who you are, and there's just no reason to manipulate or misrepresent yourself. You are aligned with your purpose. You know why you're here, whether it's a reason that you chose or a calling that was put upon you. You are, or you are aware of the, the understanding of why you are here. You've been developing a beautiful relationship with yourself in this singlehood, so much so that you rely on your authenticity because you know that that is life's truth serum, right? You being you, you being real is your truth serum for life because everybody who will attract to your realness, who you authentically are, who you, who you align with, what you align with as far as your values, those are your people, And you can't recognize those people if you're not representing yourself in an authentic way. It's you representing you as you are. You will find your people. Your people will gravitate to you, right? You loving you for who you are, you seeing yourself for who you are, not in a narcissistic way, but accepting your faults and admiring your strengths, understanding, standing in who you are, and being unapologetic about who you are because it's who you were meant to be. What is important to you? What are your core values? What do you align with? Who are you being in the world? What is your contribution to the world? Your contribution to the world might just be someone who's just so chill and relaxed that you inspire other people to be chilled and relaxed. Somebody who's so creatively talented that you express yourself and you teach other people things just through your own expression. You inspire others to be expressive. Who are you in the world? You just got to know it, honey. You just got to know it and love it. That's what makes you a prize. And when you've been single for a long time, you get to do that. You get to practice knowing and loving and getting aligned with yourself. That is what makes you a prize. And you are such a prize. So precious and so valuable to anyone who can recognize it. But let them be able to recognize it. You don't have to have the trappings, you don't have to have the best, most expensive car, you don't have to live in the best neighborhood, you don't have to have all of those things. <clears throat> nothing wrong with it if you do, they're great, fantastic. If you know living a life of luxury is a value for you, nothing wrong with it at all. But you gotta know that it's who you truly are deep down inside, not what's on the external of you, that is your truth serum, is, what, is what's gonna have you align with people who treat you well, and can go go for your ride and vice versa and you can go for their ride that's what makes us a prize that deep level self love and you know that's what i always come back to but if you want to work with me around this stuff cuz you know the result of working with me people come through all different avenues whether it's weight issues fertility issues PTSD um different kinds of traumas. I mean, you know, what I work with is healing relationship trauma, healing the past, healing all the past, all that relationship trauma so it doesn't have to inform the present and, and dictate your future, right? Healing the past so you can love yourself unconditionally and start all over from a clean slate and getting out from under all the old stories, the parameters, the things that are, you know, maybe keeping you stuck, keeping you in a relationship status or lack thereof that you don't want to be in, um, you know, keeping you fearful, fearful of really actually being intimate and connecting with people. Those are the things that I that I heal. Those are the things that I do through hypnotherapy and coaching. So if you want to work with me, you know how to get with me. You can either email me, askforcandypodcast at gmail.com or candice at Candaceharperlovecoach.com, or you can come to the website, candisharperlovecoach.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. So many ways to get at me, find me. I think I'm going to put a WhatsApp button on my, my Facebook page today, Candace Harper Love Coach on Facebook. And you know, my book is coming out soon. I'm not mad, but she's still crazy. How I got right with my mom for the sake of my love life. And how I got out of the paradigm that was uh, holding me back. And, you know, that's part of how I became a prize as well, right? You gotta know that you're a prize, know that you're a prize because of, of what you're aligning with and knowing yourself, loving yourself, and, and, you know, who you are being in relationships, how you are expressing love, how you are filling yourself up to overflow. Those are the things that make you a prize. All right, my voice is about to give out and I still have a whole uh, depression and anxiety facilitation to do. <laughs> so I'm gonna cut it a little short. Our hour's almost up. I'm gonna cut it a little bit short today to preserve the little bit of vocals I have left. So you can um, follow me on Instagram at Ask for Candy Podcast, at Candy Love Coach. And don't forget to um, follow us, Apple Podcasts, Ask for Candy, Spotify, Anchor, Spreaker, I believe. Anywhere that you get your podcast, you can follow us. And that's it, my lovely people. I love you so much. My voice is giving out. But until next time, never forget that you are a love machine. If you ever start to feel like you aren't getting the love you need, just make more and then ask for candy. I love you so much. Bye now. I call my sugar.